It's the Alex Cast for Thursday, March 2nd. Uh, actually, holy smokes, we have more listener feedback today. Uh, apparently, you folks are finally listening to my request. So uh, we're going to do uh, one of two today. Uh, we had a piece of voicemail feedback from Christy. Here goes. Hi, Alex. It's Christy. Um, I was hoping you could do an episode now that the runoff for the mayor of Chicago is set if you could do an episode um, kind of doing a compare and contrast, if you will, of our two candidates, Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson, I think that would be really helpful and informative. So I love this question. Uh, it's very topical, timely, and uh, it's about something super interesting to uh, folks near and dear in Chicago. Um, so just for an update for anyone who didn't know, uh, Chicago had its uh, first mayoral election um, it last, yeah, I think earlier this week on Tuesday, uh, and the way that the Chicago elections work <clears throat> is that, uh, people have to, uh, either win the top over 50% of the votes in the first round. And if they do not, then it goes to a runoff between the top two candidates. So, uh, at least for the mayoral election, uh, the top two vote getters were Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson, and both of them are declared Democrats. Um, there hasn't been a non-democratic uh, mayor of Chicago in a good amount of time. I don't actually remember how many years. Um, but they actually also offer a pretty stark uh, contrast between the two of them in terms of uh, who was uh, endorsing them, who they appealed to, the kind of uh, general direction or sentiment that you might think that they would take the city of Chicago. Uh, notable in the election, uh, Lori Lightfoot, who is the current mayor, didn't make the runoff. Um, one of the things that I've always thought about and has been sort of acknowledged about running uh, in Chicago as uh, the mayor is that you have to be a pretty savvy political operator to be successful. And in order to actually succeed in uh, Chicago as a politician at the mayoral level, it means you kind of have to thread a very difficult needle and make a lot of different groups happy in different ways. And um, the groups that are actually uh, have power in Chicago are folks like the Fraternal Order of Police, so your police union. Um, the Chicago Teachers Union, uh, some of the other uh, different ethnic um, concentrations in different parts of the city, the business district. Um, you know, so there's just a lot of different competing demands for uh, what people want to see out of the city in terms of its development and rules and crime, uh, things of that nature. So it's a really, really hard position in a lot of ways. And then you throw in something like the bureaucracy just being something that is difficult to wrangle in any uh, government, especially a city government that is as large as Chicago, um, and one that has as many connections to not, not only other parts of Illinois, but just the world and the Midwest in general. Like, this is a tough job. So hands down, uh, definitely don't envy any of these people. And Lori Lightfoot didn't really appeal to a lot of different um, groups in the same way that other mayoral candidates have appealed previously. Um, she was kind of given a tough hand, uh, came into office in 20, uh, 20, uh, 2019. And of course, we know that COVID hit and uh, she managed that fairly well, but still not well enough to uh, kind of satisfy people. And then, of course, crime kind of exploded a little bit. We saw a lot of businesses exit, a lot of the uh, different um, uh, downtown districts, the uh, Michigan Avenue, the Loop, uh, sort of really take a big hit after uh, a lot of the, the different things happening with COVID and work from home and stuff like that. So we're wasn't really a surprise to see her not make it past the first round. Um, the two folks that we're getting out of the uh, first round right now, Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson. Um, so just a quick rundown on both of them. Uh, Brandon Johnson was pretty much in, endorsed by the Chicago Teachers Union or the CTU. 
Uh, he's also a former uh, teacher in the Chicago public school system. Uh, currently, he's a Cook County commissioner and has been doing that since 2018. So he kind of represents what you would sort of think of as the um, teachers union, um, you know, I don't want to say not tough on crime, but uh, relative to Paul Ballas, who we'll talk about in a second, um, he's the, the more like the, you could frame him as a defund police kind of a politician, but he is more of a little bit of a nuanced feeling on uh, kind of how to tackle policing. Um, so the knock on him is generally that he's like a defund the police type, doesn't want to be tough on crime, that kind of thing is just going to uh, support whatever the teachers unions want, um, which is depending on your perspective, you know, may or may not be true. Um, but he's, he's a, you know, that community organizer type that um, uh, is going to have that relationship built up when he gets into office. And then you have Paul Vallis on the other side. Uh, Paul Vallis has a pretty um, consistent political background. When I say consistent, it's because he kind of ran a bunch of public schools, uh, specifically public schools in the cities of Philadelphia, Louisiana, uh, uh, also in Chicago, so he was the CEO of the Chicago Public Schools from 95 to 2001. And uh, his notable contributions to that, um, to that uh, system was trying to really make it a bit more fiscally responsible, independent, uh, capable of uh, succeeding in a very difficult environment uh, as Chicago can be for, for teachers, unions, and, and schools. So uh, his kind of claim to fame has really been uh, that he's like an, a person that can uh, be operationally successful in in uh, making you know public schooling better, and uh, he's also sort of the kind of tougher on crime candidate in this race. So in the uh, initial uh, election, he was endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police in the Chicago. He also gained one of the uh, endorsements of the the newspapers in Illinois, the Chicago uh, Tribune. Um, I can't remember if the Sun-Times supported him or not, but that doesn't matter too much. So, but he basically got the, um, the, the endorsements of uh, some of the people that um, were kind of on the more tough on crime, you know, broad spectrum sort of um, appeal uh, side of things. So um, my money kind of is on Paul Vallis winning this race. I think there is enough uh, discontent in the city with the way that uh, things have been going the last few years in terms of uh, crime, safety, the economy, that a lot of voters will probably gravitate more towards a Paul Vallis type, uh, someone that's going to try to turn the city around a little bit and, and reinvigorate it, because Chicago has been hurting for a, a little bit even before COVID hit uh, a lot of factors, the crime not being the only issue, but just the economy um, and the public transit is uh, really facing some tough decisions over the next couple of years. And I think that there's going to be enough people that are going to look at a Brendan Johnson type and think that this person is not going to be a good fiscal steward. He may not have a, a level of responsibility around the um, uh, the economy that we, we needed to have and might just like do whatever the teachers unions want. That doesn't mean that Paul Vallis type would have this really easy either. The difficult part uh, governing Chicago, as was mentioned up top, is that you have so many different uh, constituencies that care about uh, kind of what you're doing and they all have their own sort of perspective and uh, agenda to to get and uh, to see to put in place and um, that's really a tough thing to make everyone happy as most jobs and you know jobs in government uh, definitely are um, so it's gonna be an interesting thing to see uh, kind of how this nuts out and even more interesting i'm actually going to include a link in the show notes to a story from uh, my very own axios local chicago that's showing the different uh, 
mayoral candidate selections by ward in the city. So it's kind of an interesting little map to show uh, where Paul Vallis, Brendan Johnson, and the other two top vote-getters, uh, Chewy Garcia and Lori Lightfoot, appealed. Uh, so the big takeaways from this um, uh, map is that Paul Vallis won a lot of the richer neighborhoods, northwest and southwest side. Um, a lot of police officers, first responders live there. I'm kind of reading a little bit off the actual story, but just giving some extra color here. Um, he didn't win too big in kind of the more um, liberal-leaning neighborhoods, your Lakeview, Edgewater, Rogers Park, and Lincoln Square. Um, and uh, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how the different constituencies in Chicago sort of end up voting for these two, because they are, while both Democrats on paper, uh, there's a pretty big uh distinction between their approaches towards what they think Chicago should be. So um, one interesting little tidbit that you'll see mentioned a lot in uh, the kind of reference to Mayor Lightfoot's runoff win in 2019 was that she ended up winning about 75% of the final votes in the city is I think 73.7% from the numbers I have in front of me. So when uh, the 2019 runoff occurred, it was between Lori Lightfoot and uh, Tori Preckwinkle, and Tori Preckwinkle was, I think, still continues to be the um, the head of the uh, DuPage, uh, not DuPage, Cook County uh, board. Um, and once we got to runoff there, it was pretty much a landslide for Lori Lightfoot. You know, obviously getting to a runoff is one thing; uh, you don't have to win a, a majority of the vote to to get there. But once you get to that runoff, you can really see if it's like a 51-49 sort of split, and then you start to break it down to see uh, how those 51-49 sort of separate. Um, it's It can be pretty much like a tension-filled sort of administration for when you're actually in office. The thing that Lori Lightfoot had going for her coming out of the runoff election in 2019 was that she just gained so much of the city. She won almost every ward, and uh, with 70, you know, almost 75% of the vote, that meant there was a pretty clear... Uh, a designation of her as the person that is kind of here to, to do the job. So it's, it's kind of like if you get a promotion at work and, you know, only 30% of the people actually voted for you to get that promotion. Um, and even if they like slim it down, then if not even 50% think you're actually worthy of it, it's sort of a similar thing in politics sometimes where if your margin of victory is so narrow, it doesn't give you the same level of credibility in the job as uh, if you have a larger margin of victory. So um, hopefully, no matter what happens, it'll be a safe election. One of these two people will have a very clear uh, mandate from the voters to do something, and uh, that person will be successful in the office. So, Christy, I hope that uh, answers your question about these two folks. If you want me to dig in on anything more, any specific issue, please uh, go ahead and leave another voicemail message. I love it. So uh, today in Cat Reports, um, we had an interesting Cat Report day. Um, I saw Sammy and Stitch a couple of times. I was out for a dentist appointment today, so when I came home, uh, all the cats greeted me, which is always fun. Um, and I was able to feed them, and I already shared that video with uh, Christy. If you're interested in watching the cats get fed, uh, just go ahead and show me a note. I will share the video with you. It's a good two minutes of me uh, articulating what it's like to feed cats. Um, got a couple of orange visits too. Those were nice. Uh, so nice orange visits where he kind of comes and wiggles his butt and uh, makes tiny meows, uh, tiny pathetic meows. That one's for you, Ryan. Um, and uh, right now, Sammy's just sitting on the desk uh, cleaning herself, um, and I don't know where the other two cats are. So that's the cat for report for today. We will see you tomorrow.